0: Hey, everyone, it's great to see you today. Thank you for having us into the spaces that you have created to have church. So it is an honor to be here.
1: Yes, I'm so glad to be here with you, KJ. I'm glad to be
0: back, it's been forever.
1: I know, KJ took some time off. Welcome back, good to be here with you guys too. And hey, just a reminder, if you're not uh, getting our communication emails and you want to stay in the loop on what's going on here at Christ community, just shoot an email to info at org, uh, so you can, yeah, be in the loop of what's what's happening around here.
0: Okay, so God has been doing a ton of things because that's the thing that God d- d- does, right? He's always active and he's always doing things. And, and d- during this whole season of Christ, COVID and the chaos, um, he has been showing us how to think, um, how to change, how to develop things uh, specifically for this time. And so here's a video showing some of the things that God has been doing here in our spaces.
2: I think we had just a lot of calendar stuff planned for 2020. Those things going away were probably the bigger uh, eye-opener for uh, what changed on it. I think the, the moment was when we had tens of thousands of dollars of events cancel within a week. The tension was, was we, we had the tendency to look at the thing we were losing instead of another possibility of change, and so we, we liked to put ourselves in a perspective of change all the time. Uh, Zoe's was always in a position where we're trying to be innovative, but when it actually is forced into that. We, I found myself looking in the rearview mirror more instead of into the future of possibility. It's a gift to say that where wherever God leads and goes, we can go and change with it. Um, and I think the more I can adapt to that, um, the more I can hold on to the idea that that's kind of how God works and wants to work. So where Nicodemus goes to Jesus and he sneaks to him at night and he says to him, like, what do I have to do? What's going on? And Jesus talks about being reborn. And so Nicodemus is surprised and Jesus is like, Why are you surprised that I say you have to be reborn? Like the wind goes where it wishes. Like you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. You feel the effects of it, but you can't see it. And so that's kind of this, you know, more of a holistic approach to seeing like God's character is um, that I can't plot out and plan out all the time. I have to be able to go with the wind. I want to be responsible and continue to help be part of a movement at Zoe's that is open to the possibility without having to plot out every step along the way. And if anything, what I'm learning to do is to try to trust God that A, he's for us, and B, he's moving us. And so in that, I'm learning to follow him instead of trying to pull him. As I look back, we've followed him. And so this has helped us to see that we have followed him. And so what does following him look like from this point forward? And so we want to just keep following the wind of the Holy Spirit. He's been so faithful to take us in these really great places, and he will be again. Um, That's where we're going to go for now. And that's where my hope is
1: this is so great and all of this is only possible because of our generosity all of us investing in the word of the work of god here through christ communities so you have the opportunity to invest in what's happening here and there's a link under this video or you can go and give on our website and we're so grateful for your partnership with what's happening here at our church
0: and it it, it is a season of advent and um i love advent and all things that are preparing uh for christmas it's it's like this favorite season that i have and um the advent season is this 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 time of of focus it's this time of saying God, show me. It's this uh, time to focus on these different things that our hearts are craving. There's the theme of peace, and there's the theme of hope, and there's the theme of joy, and there's the theme of love. love. And so today's theme is love. love. And so here's our passage for today.
1: Let's meditate on this scripture from Zephaniah 317. The Lord, your God, is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In His love, He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing.
0: So, and- top of doing the, the Advent experience here, there, th- there are other things that you're able to do. There's a, a podcast that has come out called Tales from the Secret Cabin. Um, that's super fun, so please engage that. And then there are also a couple of, of uh, video show. shorts um, that, that, that they also have been put out. Um, to find them, you just go to cccgreely.org and click uh, the Experience Advent button, and it's all there, and it's all fun, and go on and do it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been so good to enjoy that. So we're going to transition to the message now, but I want to pray for you for us so we can prepare our hearts and engage with what God wants to do here in our time together. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your love. It is so powerful and meaningful and beyond what we can understand that we celebrate your love this week of Advent. Thank you for how you love us so extravagantly. We love you and we rely on you, we need you. We come to you right now in this moment because we want more of you. We want to engage with you. So Holy Spirit, speak to us, touch us in however ways that we need today in this moment. We want to connect with you and be impacted by your presence with us and in us. So, bless this time right now, we pray. In Jesus'
3: name, amen. Hey, Christ community, so glad you're joining us online. Thank you for um, inviting me into your space to be a part of your walk with Jesus today. Before we jump into the message, I wanted to highlight just a couple of things. One, we are going to be having Christmas Eve services at four different times, and you can either attend in person or you can watch and engage online at those times. Also, just want you to know that we will not be having in-person worship services the weekend after Christmas. So that would be December 26th and 27th. No Saturday night or Sunday morning services in person. We want to give our volunteers and staff a well-deserved break in the midst of this crazy busy season. So we will be having online services and so we encourage you to engage online that weekend well we are in the midst of a an advent series entitled fear not and in this series we are looking at the christmas story through the lens of fear how various people involved in this story were battling fears and to each one god has the same message do not be afraid I mean, this is a huge theme in the Bible. I mean, this phrase, Do Not Be Afraid, it's found over a hundred times in the Old Testament and around 40 times in the New Testament. I mean, clearly God does not want us living in fear. But that's either easier said than done, right? With all that's going on in our world and our nation and our families and our lives right now, fear seems like a pretty natural response. And often this fear manifests itself in the form of anxiety. Where we find ourselves feeling overwhelmed with life and stress and worry. Will our kids be okay? Will I still have a job? Will I be even be able to do my job with all the changes? How can I juggle work and homeschooling, my kids and and the stress of Christmas shopping? Will I even be able to see my family at Christmas? And then add to all that, just the amount of tension and change happening in our nation right now, politically and culturally. I was talking with a friend just the other day who, who just mentioned how worried he is just about the, 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 the direction that our nation may be going or things in our nation are going. And, and then there are global realities like China and North Korea and Iran. I mean, it feels like there's a lot to be anxious about. There's a lot of room for fear in our lives right now which is why this repeated command from God to not be afraid, it's why it feels so significant. And yet, if we're honest, it also feels a bit out of reach. Is it even possible to live without fear? And if so, how do we do that? Well, that's where it helps to have a real, have real life examples of people who in the midst of experiencing fear had an encounter with God in which he spoke to their fear And he helped them walk in freedom from that. And so today, we are looking at, um, in the Christmas story, at the example of Joseph, who perfectly fits this description. We are introduced introduced to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Let me read here. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, sometimes this story can become so familiar to us that we kind of skip over it a bit too quickly. And So I want us to kind of slow down and think about what Joseph is experiencing. We are told here that he is pledged, he was pledged to be married to a young woman named Mary. Now marriages in that culture were arranged by the parents. So this is not a Hallmark movie situation where Mary and Joseph dated for a while and and, and then he got on one knee and he proposed to her while the snow was falling and she said yes. No, No, this was an arranged marriage where Mary and Joseph probably didn't know each other very well at all. We're told here that they were pledged to be married, and we immediately think, oh, they were engaged that 's like engagement, right, but it actually was more than that in in the verses we just read. Joseph is actually described as being her husband, as Mariana explained last week in that culture, once a couple was pledged or or betrothed to each other in this way, they were viewed as being married. Even though that couple hadn't, even though they hadn't come together, they hadn't had a marriage ceremony yet, they were still living in separate places. But in the eyes of everyone, they were already married. They were already in this committed relationship known as marriage. So before the wedding ever happens, before they have ever sexually consummated their marriage, Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant. And the language here doesn't give us any indication that she told him about this It just says she was found to be pregnant. Maybe she was showing. People began to talk. Nazareth was not a big town. It was a small, kind of obscure community. Word could easily get around. But somehow Joseph found out about it. So what would he be feeling as he hears this news? What would you feel? A huge sense of hurt? Betrayal? rejection, doubts about Mary's character, and certainly her commitment to him. Joseph's hopes and dreams for his marriage were completely destroyed in one moment. Now, we know from verse 20, which we'll read in just a moment, Joseph was also feeling fear. He was afraid. God said to him, don't be afraid. So what was Joseph afraid of? What was he anxious about? Well, Matthew tells us in verse 19 that Joseph was a righteous man. Man, he wanted to do the right thing in this situation. And he's just trying to figure out what that is. And that creates all sorts of stress, right? Because his reputation is at stake. What will people think of him? I mean, if he goes through with his marriage, if he goes through with the marriage, it will look like he violated Mary. I mean, imagine the shame he will experience as his integrity takes a huge hit. What will be the social implications of that? Will his family still want to hang out with him? What will be the financial ramifications of that? Will people still hire him to do carpentry? Can he still make a living if he has lost his honor and standing and integrity in the community? But he's actually wrestling with even more than that. He's also concerned about the impact this will have upon Mary, which speaks volumes about Joseph's character. He had every right to immediately march down to the priests and publicly disgrace Mary. She had made a fool of him. He would make a bigger fool of her, which in that culture would completely ruin her life. A woman with a sexually promiscuous reputation in a small town, was a formula for disaster for her. Mary would struggle to make ends meet. She would struggle to find friendship and marriage. Again, he had every right to destroy her life in these ways. And, you know, it just kind of makes me wonder, how often do we respond that way when we are hurt by someone, looking for anything we can do to destroy them, or at least to make their life miserable? But not Joseph. He had a grace-filled heart. He didn't want to hurt Mary, but he also felt this moral obligation to divorce her. I mean, that's what the law seemed to require. After all, from his vantage point, she had broken covenant. She had violated her marriage vow to him. So Joseph had a ton of stuff going on in his mind and his heart. And so in the midst of this, emo- all the emotional stress of the situation and the personal hurt, that he experienced, as well as his concern for Mary and the mental wrestling with what to do. In the midst of all that, Joseph finally comes to a decision. He decides to divorce her quietly so as to maintain his integrity, but also to minimize the impact upon Mary's life. Verse 20, But after he had considered this, divorcing her quietly, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I love about this passage. In the midst of all the analyzing and thinking and worrying and processing that Joseph is doing, in the midst of his feelings of betrayal and rejection and fear of what other people will think, in the midst of all of that, God spoke to him. God spoke to him, and this is so cool. We have a God who longs to speak to us in our fears, in the feelings of anxiety and, and, and over, feeling overwhelmed that we, we, we experience. He wants to help us with our fears. He wants to help us live in freedom from worry and anxiety rather than in bondage to those things, right? Now, what we see here in this story is that there, there are two critical areas of our lives that God wants to speak into in order to help us overcome our fear and anxiety. First is our identity. Our identity. We, we see in this passage that God sends an angel who appears to Joseph in a dream. Now, dreams occur in the realm of our, our spirit, our inner being, as our bodies are asleep. And so this realm of the inner, the, the spirit, the soul, this realm of the spirit is often how God communicates. Rarely do we hear an aud- God speaking in an audible voice. I have never personally heard him speak audibly. Rather, we hear God, typically we hear God in our spirit, in our inner being. We see a picture in our mind or we sense a prompting or a word or a scripture or a song lyric or as in Joseph's case, a dream while he was asleep. So in this dream, Joseph sees an angel of the Lord who says to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. I love how the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord speaks Joseph's name. God knows him personally, just like he knows you personally. He knows your name. But more than that, notice this angel from God not only speaks the name of Joseph; he also speaks of his identity. He says, "Joseph, son of David." Now, now we know from the genealogy earlier in chapter one of Matthew that Joseph is technically not the son of King David. Joseph's father's name was Jacob, and there were many um, generations between David and and Joseph. So why? Does the angel call Joseph son of David? It, it, it's because God wanted to remind Joseph of, of his spiritual heritage. David was the most prominent king of Israel, right? Whose lineage would bring about the Messiah through prophecies. That was already prophesied. He, through, through David's lineage, he would bring about, God would bring about the Messiah. <clears throat> so God is reminding Joseph of his spiritual identity as a son of royalty, Now, why is that important? It's important because remember, Joseph was concerned about his reputation. He was concerned about what other people would think of him. So God is saying to him, Joseph, your identity is not what other people think of you. It's how I see you. One of fear's primary targets in our lives is our identity. Fear of failure, fear of what other people will think of us. Fear of not measuring up. What if I mess up? What if people hurt me? What if people reject me? And these fears go to the core of our identity. When I'm battling fears like this, I literally, I feel them right here. I feel them in my body. I feel them at the core of my being, this fear of failure, this fear of not measuring up. And and, and COVID has just added steroids to that battle for me personally. Am I doing all that I can to shepherd our people? Is God going to provide for this church financially so that ministry can continue? I mean, there are many moments when I feel the weight of these things at the core of my being, my identity, at the core of my being, this fear, this anxiety. But here's what I'm discovering. The antidote to that is to let God speak to me about my identity in him in romans 8 we read this this amazing verse it says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit with our inner being that we are god's children i mean look at that the spirit of god is continually speaking to us in our spirit in this inner realm And what he is speaking to us is the truth of our identity. In Christ, you are a beloved child of God. You are a son or daughter of the Most High. Nothing can change that. People's opinions of you, people's rejection of you, a failing business, a failing marriage, a failing GPA, whatever, nothing can change your identity as a beloved son or daughter of God. The question is, are you and I living in this truth? Are are you living as a son? Are you living as a daughter of God? You know, as I was working on this message, I kept thinking about that scene in Luke chapter 8 where Jesus is in the boat with his disciples and a storm comes up and the disciples are freaking out. They are afraid they're going to drown. So what is Jesus doing in all this chaos? What is Jesus doing? He's sleeping. He is sleeping. How can he be sleeping in this storm? Well, it's because he is living in this reality of a world in which God is his father And he is a beloved son. When you know that in the core of your being, you live differently. You live differently. If God our Father loves us and is for us, who, Paul says in Romans 8, who can be against us? There is nothing to be afraid of when you know you are a beloved son or daughter of the God of the universe. When you are secure in his love for you, you realize that failure doesn't define you. People's opinions about you don't define you. The only thing that defines you is what God says about you, how God sees you. God, through his Holy Spirit, is continually whispering this truth to our spirit. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Are we resting in the truth that we are His beloved children, that He delights in us no matter what storm is raging around us? He delights in us. You see, the more we can hear the Spirit say to our spirit, you're my child, I love you, the more we will live in freedom from fear and anxiety. The second thing that God speaks to in the midst of our fears is his purposes, his purposes. God says to Joseph, hey, don't be afraid because I've got a plan that I'm working on, right? Verse 21, what is conceived in her, Mary, is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. In other words, Joseph, you don't, you, you don't yet see the whole picture, God's saying, Joseph, you don't see the whole picture. I'm still at work in this situation. I am accomplishing my purposes. So, Joseph, don't let fear keep you from being a part of the incredible plan that I am orchestrating. And friends, I believe that God wants to say the exact same thing to us in today, in, in all that we're experiencing, you wants to say the same thing to us. Yes, COVID has created lots of challenges and frustrations and anxiety and loss, but God is saying to us, even in this, I still have a plan. Even in this, I am still at work. There are things that are being conceived in this season that are going to bear incredible fruit, that are going to result in an in, in unbelievable blessing and depth in your life. So don't let fear, don't let your fear rob you of that. Don't let fear rob you of that. Fear causes us to lose sight of who God is and what God might be up to. We start to feel like there's no purpose in this. There's no good that could come out of this, right? What's the use and And what 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 we need in those moments of just apathy and despair, what we need is the same thing Joseph needed. We need to be reminded that our God is still at work, He is still accomplishing his purposes just jos just as Joseph is about to let his fears undermine his destiny. God comes to him and says, dude, I am orchestrating something beyond your wildest imagination. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Go ahead and take Mary as your wife, even though it means people may talk, even though it means, you know, waiting even longer for sexual intimacy with your wife, even though it means bringing up a child who technically is not your own. You, Joseph, you get to be a part of my plan. Which is going to bring salvation to the whole world. How many of us can agree that God's plans are way better than our plans? It may not feel like it at the moment, and in that place, fear can begin to settle in, but God wants to speak into our fears, His purposes. So he he talked to Joseph. Where does he talk to us about it? Well, check this out in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I mean, what an amazing truth. If you have placed your trust in Christ, you are you are called according to his purpose. That's what this says. You are called according to His purpose. He has a purpose for you, even in your struggles, even in your difficulties, even in the midst of a global pandemic. God has a plan that He is orchestrating. In all things, God works for good. He didn't cause COVID, but he, even in COVID, God is working. He is able to accomplish His purposes, even when we don't see those purposes. Right now, it's really hard to see the purpose in all of this. It's really hard to see that. But that doesn't mean that there isn't one. It just means that our vision is limited. But God's vision is not limited. It reminds me of that Waymaker song that we sing, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working, right? You never stop. You never stop working. I love that. God has a plan. He has a purpose that he is orchestrating. Okay, now, but there's an important question here. What should our response be to this? Let's look at how Joseph responded. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph chose, he chose to live as a beloved son. He willingly obeyed his heavenly father, trusting that God's purposes would be accomplished, and they were. Joseph bestowed the name Jesus upon this Messiah who would one day bestow his name upon us. In a very real sense, the purposes of God require our involvement. I'm going to say that again because it is so important. The purposes of God require our involvement, our willingness to say yes to him, even when it's hard even when it feels risky, even when it doesn't make sense. I mean, think about this. Don't miss this here. Think about this. Joseph could have easily missed God's purposes. He could have. He could have missed this opportunity to be a part of God's amazing plan. How? By simply saying no. By, by ignoring the angel's message. By choosing personal comfort over obedience. Joseph had a choice just like you and I have a choice. In the midst of life's challenges right now, we can choose two options. We can choose to ignore our relationship with Jesus, to just sort of check out and instead turn our hearts towards other pursuits and comforts. But in, do, but in doing so, in, doing that, in, in choosing that, we will miss out on what God is wanting to do in us in this season. So that's one option. But there's another option. We can choose to say yes. We can choose to walk in obedience to Jesus, even when it's hard to do that. And in that beautiful, difficult choice, we are exercising our faith and trust in this God whose purposes are beyond our imagination. I mean, friends, look, here's the deal. The opportunities for fear and anxiety are all around us. That is a fact of life. There are plenty of things for us to be afraid of, to experience things. There are plenty of things. Those things are all around us. That's a fact of life. And we can easily let those fears begin to become more and more a part of our lives. And here's what will happen. They will end up robbing us of joy and peace and life. And so in this reality, God says to each of us, do not fear. God says, do not fear. And then he says, here's how I'm going to help you in this. He doesn't just say, don't be afraid. He actually helps us, as we've seen in this passage. God says, do not fear. And here's how I'm going to help you in this. First, in Jesus, I've given you a new identity as my son or my daughter. Live in that identity. Rest in that identity. Let my spirit continually remind you of your true identity. And second, God says to us, I am working all things according to my purposes. Trust me. Obey me. Walk with me. And be a part of the purposes I'm wanting to activate in and through you. Amen. Let's pray together. So let's just take a moment and quiet our hearts in this space. What is God saying to you? I want to give a couple of kind of invitations for response here. First of all, there may be some of you, and what you're realizing and you're hearing this message, something is being certain in you, but you realize you're not even certain you have a relationship with God. And the Bible tells us that this relation, this personal, intimate relationship with God, where we can be his son or daughter, it happens, it can happen in our lives because of Jesus. It's not about you trying to prove your worth or value, trying hard to impress God. It's not about any of that. It's about receiving this gift of adoption, this gift of being adopted into God's family through the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. And so if that's you, if you want to make sure you have a personal relationship with God, if you want to enter into a personal relationship with God, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. Pray along with me in the silence of your heart. Dear God, I long for a relationship with you. And I realize on my own I can't do that. I can't achieve that. But you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin and to be raised from the dead to give me new life. And so I choose right now in this moment, I choose to place my trust in you. I choose to receive your love and your life and your spirit living in me. Thank you for adopting me into your forever family. Help me grow in this relationship with you. God, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer. Thank you that angels in heaven are rejoicing. (laughs) Help Help whoever prayed that prayer. Help them grow now in community, in their relationship with you. Now, another response that I want to mention has, has to do with this issue of our identity. Are, are we living, are you living as a son or daughter of God the Father, where you're experiencing calm in the midst of a storm, knowing that He's got this? Are you living in that identity? And if not, let me just pray for us. Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts to hear your voice? Continually reminding us that we are your beloved sons and daughters, that you love us, that you are for us. Help us more and more rest in that amazing truth and live out of that amazing truth. And then finally, just a third response here related to purpose. You know, I know that a lot of us can't wait to turn the calendar in a few weeks to 2021, just hoping to put all 2020 behind us. And I get it. But friends, the, the, the change of a calendar isn't going to make all this instantly disappear. Are, are we perhaps so focused on getting back to normal that we have lost sight of the truth that God is working now for our good are we drawing near to him are we trusting him are we obeying him even when it's hard so let me just pray for us god i pray for us even when we don't see your purposes that we would trust your purposes that we would trust that you are at work you are working in all these things to accomplish your good purposes And so we trust your heart. We know you didn't send COVID, Lord. We just thank you that you are big enough to be at work, even in the midst of COVID and all the other things going on. And so we trust your heart. Give us eyes to see where you're working and give us a heart to trust you even when we can't see any purpose. And so I pray that for Myself, I pray that for all of my friends watching. God, we love you. Thank you for wanting to help us walk in freedom from fear and anxiety. We love you. We worship you. You are here,
4: moving in. Make miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are.
0: That was so good uh this idea of, of fear of practically cl- 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 everything as far as the human heart goes of identity and failing that is something i'm constantly having to yeah. process th- th- through and experience so i'm gonna definitely be spending some time here
1: yeah for sure and feel free to to spend time in in what God is doing in you right now. If you wanna go back and worship some more and go spend some time praying and continuing to engage with what the Holy Spirit is doing in you right now.
0: Amen, so I'm gonna pray a blessing over our time together, so please accept this blessing. May you experience peace from the fear of failure. May you experience the joy of who God sees you as. May you experience hope as you journey towards him. And may you be surrounded in his love for you. May you swim in it, feel accepted, and all of the promises of God may you hold on to them with both hands. In Christ we pray and in Christ so you can proclaim. Amen.